I will never forget the call that I got from her when she found out. She was like, I want you home. You pack your stuff and you're leaving. I think like my childhood was like the scariest part of my life. When I was five, um, something terrible happened to me. I lost my dad because he got murdered. And I look up at the sky and I'm like, yo, God, if you want me to talk to my dad, this is your last shot, bro. Um, I lived in uh, terrible neighborhoods. It was very scary. I think like my childhood was like the scariest part of my life. From the times that I got bullied, from the times that I got abused, from the time of, of, of hearing like gunshots. I was a very short-tempered person. Like um, I had bad anger management issues. Like I, I was, I was very, I was very into like destroying things whenever I get angry. Like there's this one time um, I had an argument with like the girl I was talking to at that time. You know, then I just end up punching my wall. Then, you know, it left the hole in there and I just ended up like putting like a painting over it until like my mom found out about it. But I've also did some pretty crazy things that the things that I should have been doing. Like I was, I was trying like drugs, all that, trying to get validation from girls because I never, like I was trying to seek something that i never got when i was a kid which is you know like um like a validation from from my dad before jesus my life was terrible if i'm being honest and in a worldly sense it was doing very well i was making a lot of money for my age i was getting a lot of women i was doing a lot of partying doing a lot of drugs drinking i was addicted to drugs actually uh, my father left when i was very young so I was left uh, without a real male role model. And my mother was working 12 hour, 13, 14 hour days. So I didn't really have any guidance, but I was just so empty that it was no matter all of those things that I saw and understood as genuine accomplishments, none of it meant anything because I just had like at the end of the day, I, I had nothing. So the Evelyn before BC, before Christ, was crazy. You know, it's a typical, like, early 20s, partying, always, um, you know, owl, you know, alcohol abuse and those things, boys, you know, obviously, like, you know, fornication and just not worshiping God, just not knowing who he was. So I was I was also very, very angry because, you know, I didn't have um, a father figure at home. So, yeah, that was really who I was. And just like not having an identity, just l going with the flow, because, you know, this uh, this culture Society is just like, oh, just go with the flow and then just, you know, follow your heart. Just see where that leads you. So I was very lost in my identity. Me? No, I was bad. I was bad. Not growing up with uh, with the dad. I think it just manifested in different areas of my life as where I wanted to get validation from people. I wanted to get validation most of all from women. I wanted to get validation from the few followers I had on Instagram. I wanted to get validation from anybody. And I think I would use people in the process. And I would I definitely hurt a lot of people. Nico BC was, in that time, I considered it fun. 
because you know i would just i would i would make fun of everything i was just like make fun of people in like sick ways yeah so me bridges it was just it was just sad i was always kind of like looking for love in different places because at home i didn't have it and i saw um you know something that i really wanted it was you know for somebody to hug me and so for somebody to be you know always um paying attention of what i was doing i will think of myself better as better than others and uh and without reason because i wasn't doing anything so i would just think that i was created for a bigger purpose but i didn't know what my purpose was um well i grew up in a catholic household so i mean i didn't really think about it much as a kid because like it was just you know for me i was more focused on playing with my legos and like what is it lego lego hero factory well just legos and, and just video games so i didn't really think too much about it honestly i tried to figure out an excuse to get out of church nine times out of ten oh my knee hurts like and i was like seven years old bro like like <laughs> we were trying to escape it and i was a rowdy kid i mean i wouldn't say delinquent but like i was i was just rowdy i think i was hunting for like validation and i would say attention from others so i was looking for the right things just in the wrong places i remember i ripped down an exit sign like I put a hole in the wall. I remember um, stealing. I remember the book fair. Like, I stole like seven Hunger Games books when I think Mockingbird came out. I stole like seven of them. What do I need seven Hunger Games books for? And I think if I would have kept doing that, I'd probably be like arrested or continue with those antics, honestly, like arrested or jail. Like, because then it also led to outside, like fighting at the park. Like, and you know, it was just, it was just a long, paper trail of looking for attention from not having a fatherly figure i gave my life to christ when i was eight years old which is funny like how does an eight-year-old do that um but i remember i vividly remember being at a at a vigilia um and i was just like okay i think this is like the right thing for me um so from that point on until i was about 15 years old i was all about god you know i was just like you know i don't want to be a part of this world like i don't want to smoke i don't want to drink i don't want to do these things like i'm gonna wait till marriage like all of the things that I was learning in church, but realizing that I never really had a relationship with God. At that point, I lived in South Florida. And when I moved up to Jersey, I found myself with this liberty um, away from my parents. I was living with my grandmother and she didn't really care much. Not that she didn't care much, but she wasn't on top of me as much as a parent was, you know, grandparents, they're a little chill, a little more chill. So um, I went back on everything I said. I went back on everything, the not smoking, the not drinking, the waiting. Um, and I found myself with just all this liberty. And I was just like, wow, this is fun. <laughs> um, so from the time I was about 16, 17 years old um, and through my last years of high school, even through my first years of college, it was a lot of debauchery <laughs> to say the least a lot of craziness in the sense that you know it's partying all the time drinking and smoking all the time like even just being at home and being like mm, i just want you know i just want to drink i just want to chill i'm just you know i'm gonna take this gummy i'm gonna take this edible because i'm like by myself and i have nothing else to do um and it's it was just weird how i kind of like did a complete flip you know looking back i'm like i don't know how i went back on my own word before coming to christ I was very off-putting, I guess you could say. Um, I didn't like to be talked to. I was always by myself. Didn't want anything 
anyone, any friends. I was very friendless, per se. I like to be by myself. And I was just very alone in the sense of I didn't have an older brother, an older sister, a younger brother. Uh, fast forward a little bit. I, my brother was born. And when he, when I first found out that my mom was pregnant, it was just like, well, wait a minute. Why now? Like, why are you going to bring some other kid in and just like, why? What about me? So with that being said, I just grew a lot of resentment towards my brother. And it just created something in me like hate towards my brother, my mom, my family, <clears throat> just everyone. My mom gave birth and then just it just became natural to me taking care of him. But my mom had to obviously to go had to go to work and it was just me who was was with my brother. So I basically raised him like he was my own son. And even through my high school years, it was just like, mm, I would ask my mom, hey, mom, can I go to this football game? Can I do this? Can I do that? No, no, no. You have to look for your brother, look after your brother, take care of your brother, do everything for your brother. And I was like, but why? Why do I have to do this? And she told me, because you have to, because you're the older sister. It's what you have to do. I was not the best kid. I lied to my mom. I did stuff behind her back. I didn't tell her the truth. Like, I lied most of the time. And sh one day, it was just, like, the turning point as to, like, she was completely done with me. Like, my dad lives in New lived in New Jersey. And with my stepmom, Jessica, and everything, I decided to go to my friend's house without telling my mom. And she found out. And it was just this whole big chaos. The, I will never forget the call that I got from her when she found out. She was like, I want you home. You pack your stuff and you're leaving. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like, I obviously didn't take it serious because she had said stuff like that before, but never took action on it. She comes storming in the room about two, three in the morning. She worked two jobs. And she's like, I want you out by the morning. Pack your stuff and go. I'm like, okay. Some time passes by and he, my dad calls me. He's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. Typical teenager. Nothing's going on. He's like, no, tell me what's going on. I'm like, okay. So I told him. And when I told him, he was like, okay, I'm going to come get you. I was like, okay. Bawling, tears, everything. He's like, pack yourself, pack what you need. Pack literally your only essentials that you need and we're going to go. I literally packed like seven bags of clothes and I was out. He's like, give your kiss to your grandfather and because you're not coming back here. I'm like, okay, crying, bawling in tears. My thought in that moment was, man, what happened here? Like, what actions did I take to get here? What did I do that was so bad that got me here? So I talked I talked to Daniel and Daniel invited me to to church to youth group and he all he said was games and we and we talk about God and I said I love games and I know God so I'm down and he said and he also said everybody's going I was like everyone's going he was like yeah I was like, okay and then 
I saw Daniel always get up and worship. And and it was just so cool just seeing Daniel get up and worship. Because like all of our other friends, we were, we were all just sitting down. We were all just sitting down and Daniel was the only one worshiping. And also some adults just waiting for this to be over, for a worship set to be over. We're like, this is really taking long. And then and then um and then I asked Daniel, I was like, why why do you do it? Like why do you get up and worship? And like aren't you embarrassed? And 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 aren't you scared and all these things? And he just told me, I love God and I do it to just praise God. And I was like, you know, I love God. Let me let me also do it. I think the next the next Thursday I did it. And that was very life changing. That was very life changing because I, I could genuinely feel the presence of God, like the presence of the Almighty. And, and I was just crying. And I was like, I literally looked at myself. And I was like, why am I crying? And it was just so funny because I wasn't, it wasn't something that I was like used to. So it was so funny. It was more like him coming to me instead of me coming to him. Because uh, I was one of those people who was like, you know what? Let me come to church, you know, let me just give it a shot again. Like, let's see Let's see what the church has to offer. And I could remember this was like a few months ago, like ever since I started going to our church, um, NJV. Um, that was my first time like stepping my foot into a church for I would say over four years, ever since I got here in America. And, you know, I just, I just, I just felt something lifted off my shoulders, you know, like, like whatever, whatever the things that I did, I could remember it was Pastor Charles preaching. And at that point, I would say I was in a low point of my life where I was very, like the way I looked at myself was a very low person because of the things that I did in the past. And, you know, I just, I just let those things define who I am. But then Pastor Charles said something, no matter what you've done, no matter what it is, Jesus loves you no matter what. And today's your time to come and repent for your sins. So I did that. And dude, while I was praying in the middle of a prayer, something just hit me. I don't know what it was. It was, it was the Holy Spirit, you know. And it was, it was very interesting that I just started crying. Started crying while in the middle of a prayer. And it was just, I just felt like I heard like a voice, not, not physically, but it was more like a feeling that no matter what it is that you've done, you're forgiven. I used to work at this call center and that's where I met Mama Wanda, you know, shout out to her. And one day I was going to brunch. It was like two weeks away, two weeks away. And um, I needed to learn how to dance salsa. So I just was like, oh my gosh, like my boo is going to be there. Like my favorite boo is going to be there. So <laughs> I got to learn how to like do this. And, you know, the thing with like Hispanic cultures, Latino cultures, like you, you were born like dancing salsa. So I like know how to dance salsa, but I didn't know how to dance with other people. So I was like looking up salsa classes and then she, Mama Wanda worked with me. So she was just like, girl, like, I'm Puerto Rican, hello, like, I can teach you how to dance salsa. So I was like, what, girl? Like, are you sure? Like, you know, how much do I owe you? And she's like, no, nah, you don't owe me nothing. Like, you just got to come to church. So I was like, what? Like, free, you know? So I was like, all right, is that all? Like, you sure? Like, I can give you something. 
So she's like, no, 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 just come to church. And it was a Friday. So she's like, come to church this Sunday. So Saturday came, you know, I was, I literally came home at like seven, eight in the morning, like literally like drunk. Like I was partying all night and I was like, you know what? Let me take a nap and then I'll take a shower because I obviously reeked of like alcohol. So it was like 10 something. I went to the second service that starts at 11 and I ended up coming. So it was so funny because as I'm like pulling up to the um, parking lot, I was like immediately started crying, which is weird because it's like you're not going to pull up to the mall or you're not going to pull up to any event or any spot crying. So I was weeping. So I'm like, why am I crying? So I was just like, OK. So as soon as I opened the door and I start walking into the church I was like bawling so I was so embarrassed so I had thank god I had my sunglasses because I'm like oh my gosh like am I gonna like light this church up like I need to leave so I sat down and it was during worship and I was sobbing and it was a small church that's before the church was renovated so it was like you knew like you walked you bumped into someone you walked the other side you bumped like you were just always bumping into somebody and one of the women just noticed that I was crying. So she handed me a tissue. And then that's when Pastor Phil walked in. And I immediately was like, oh, my gosh, who's that? And he started preaching. And that sermon, he preached about the Father's love. And I was sobbing. Like, he talked about how Jesus loves you, how he's a good father, how he's for us, um, how, you know, he's always covering us. And that just made me be like, I need to know who this Jesus is. Because growing up, we believed in God, but we weren't practiced, like we never practiced walking with, with the Lord. So I was like, I need to know who this Jesus is. Like, I, I, I love him. Like, I don't even know who he is, but I love him. Like, I was just immediately all in because it was just so, so, um, I guess it just hit me so radically that I just was like, wow, I've been missing this my whole life. And I was 25 and I was like, wow, like I need to, I need more of this, whoever this Jesus is. So then, you know, Monday comes and she's like, did you come? I was like, yeah, it was all right. Like it was I, right. like it was I, right. like it wasn't all that. But I was in love. And, I, you know, I, I started coming. That was like January 28th, 2018. Until now, I've never stopped coming to church. I didn't believe in God for a long time until I was kind of just, until I really needed, needed a hero. I was like, I was kind of done i didn't have any more in the tank just my willpower was shot and i didn't know where to turn to i didn't have any role model to turn to so i was just kind of like i was one of those universe people so annoying at one point i was just like universe please if if, if whatever's real just show me the truth and just give me an answer i don't care if it's from freaking if it's from shiva if it's from uh, allah like just anybody like i need an answer and I came across Deuteronomy 31.6. Having this verse basically from the Bible say, I'm here, don't be afraid, because I was going to leave school and I knew how my mom was going to react. She was going to hate me bad. And that was the only person that ever loved me. So I knew if I left school, she'd hate me. And that did happen. But because I read that verse, I knew that there was somebody way more important with me. And that's God. When my mom went through something during, like, I think I was probably 13 years old. She went through something so bad that kind of just led her to go to church and, and seek, you know, something more in life than, than just the, the everyday stuff. And so, of course, as a 13-year-old, I was dragged along with her. At 15, I would, I would smoke, I would smoke uh, weed all the time. I'd be smoking butt all the time. And then this one time... 
we hotbox a porta potty at like 9.30 at night, me being 15, hanging out with this senior, hotboxing a porta potty. Of course, I smelled like a skunk. And that night, she basically checked my eyes, she checked everything, and she's like, did you smoke? I said, no, no, I didn't smoke. And then I eventually came, came like, just came clean, and I told her, yeah, I smoked, and blah, blah, this happened. And then the next day, we went to church. Like, she dragged me to church. She's like, no, my gosh, no, this kid has to go to church and repent and get clean and whatever. And so we go to church, and I remember our pastor was preaching that day. I don't know what he said. I don't, I didn't, I don't know what he said. All I remember is at the end is, if you want to give your life to Christ, you know, give your, like, you know, this is the opportunity. And he gave that opportunity to give your life to Christ. And I don't think, I, I don't think I felt like a genuine, you know, I want to follow Jesus. It was more of, I have so much guilt because the woman right there is crying because of me. And now, now I feel bad because of that. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know what this guy's saying. So I'm going to give this a try because I just feel bad. And I just started crying and crying and she held me in her lap and I was just crying and crying and crying and I grabbed the connection card and I'm like I'm gonna follow Jesus man I'm gonna follow Jesus Christ bro and so I remember just sitting there at worship yeah, they were worshiping I'm sitting there in my seat like I said I didn't take any of it too serious I'm sitting there in my seat like head, head down girl comes up to me she taps me in the shoulder she's like hey Luis like uh and I remember it like it happened yesterday I've, t- I've told this story so many times because it's just so insane but she's like, hey, Luis, can I pray for you? I'm like, yeah, for sure. I was like, sure. I was like, whatever. I, yeah, for sure. I bow my head and she's like, hey, like, God just wants you to know that, like, he cares for you and, like, he knows that that you're feeling lonely and that, that your parents are going through a divorce. You said what? And, like, just the way, like, she read me, like, a book, like, like, after that, she said, like, how I was feeling and it was, like, on dot, like, per word, like, yeah, I was feeling lonely. I was depressed. I just start crying. I remember I just start crying, like, and I was like, "Man, this dude, this dude, God has to be real, because there's no way." I remember I was, I would be in parties, and I'm like, "I'm supposed to be having the time of my life right now, and my soul is uneasy. Like, I'm, I, I'm not, I can't have fun." Literally to the point where I would like all of my girls would be on the dance floor dancing, and I would just be sitting like, "What is wrong with me?" And it was like an internal battle. It was like something like pulling me back. It was like I had the angel here, I had the devil here, like, you know, like in the cartoons. And it was kind of like, what is happening? What is going on? I can't enjoy myself. And that happened to me quite a few times. I would just push it to the side. I was like, yeah, whatever. Let me shake it off and go shake something else. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I literally walked away from God and I was like, I might be back. I might not. So you, you could stay here. You could wait for me if you want to, but I don't know what's going to happen. But he did. But he knew it was going to happen. He knew I was going to come back. And he didn't leave me. He never left me. There were instances where I was just like, whoa, that felt weird. But it was just because I wasn't familiar. I just didn't recognize it. It was God working through me, God working through the situation. And he looked for me. He literally, I love it that, you know, he left the 99 for me. It literally, that is a living testimony in my life where God was just like, mm-mm. I, I, I need you. I, you still you still have so much left to do. I understand now and not in a shameful way that the enemy's trying to put on me, but I still realize now like God, wow, like you you are merciful, you are wonderful, you are good. I'm not deserving of this love. I'm not deserving of you coming back for me. So whatever you came back for, I gotta go a thousand times harder now. So it's funny because the way that I met Jesus, by prayer 
you know, I just knew there is a God. There has to be somebody that is answering prayers, you know. And then I started praying for for God to. I was so tired of like the world and how every everything is going on and all that. So I just um, started praying for God to reveal Himself to me. And then I said, you know, send me somebody to talk to me about Jesus or no, or talk to me about God. And after those two weeks, um, a guy came in talking to me about God. And uh, now he's my husband, by the way. So when he texted me and he started to tell me that he met Jesus and I knew him how he was before Jesus. He was crazy and I hated him, but, you know, he was. So I just started like saying, this is God. You know, I said, oh, this is God. Like he's answering my prayer. And then this guy, not my husband, he was really, he was really like anointed. I would say he's anointed, right? Because he started just teaching me about Jesus and who Jesus is and all that. So I just started when I when that happened, I just knew that I wasn't alone. I was loved. And that I for the first time in my life, I was so sure about what I wanted to do. Like of what I wanted to be, you know. And 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 uh I was like, I, I don't want to let this go, you know. But uh since that time I started I stopped crying every night and I stopped uh having trouble to sleep since that like since that um week of me of like god sending my husband to talk to me uh, about jesus if you grew up in new york and if you know new york is not the perfect place to be like it's gangs drugs liquor it's it's crazy and i didn't see myself getting out from that like if i would have still been there I wouldn't be who I am now. Like, I would have been pregnant. I would have had a baby. I would have been with drugs. I would have been an alcoholic. I would have been so deep in, like, the bad where I wouldn't have been able to get out. It's actually funny because the first weekend that I had moved to New Jersey, Pastor Phil was speaking about love and forgiveness. And in that sermon, I couldn't even sit in the sermon. God confirmed something that I needed to do within myself. So um, my dad is sitting next to me, to my right. And I'm sitting like right on the aisle. I'm like, lucky me, sitting on the aisle. And we bow our hands and we just wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Then Pastor Phil says, I see the Holy Spirit move more in this area, which was the area I was in. So I'm like, okay, this must be made up. So with my eyes closed, I'm like, all right, whatever. Not expecting anything. Then I feel this rush of heat. And I'm like, ugh, why am I so hot? Ugh. And lo and behold, Don comes up from the back of the aisle, puts his hands on my shoulder, and he starts prophesying over me. You're going to do great things. Where God is going to take you, you will never expect to be taken. He will heal you. He will do great things in you and you won't be able to keep up. There's there's so much love that that he has for you. There's so much love that he has for you that that I can't even fathom how much love he has for you or me. Like I still ask myself 
every day like how much love does he really have for me how much love does he really have for for the lost how much love does he really have for you know the people who are sinning how much love does he have for for the people who are broken for people who are desperate how much love does he have for for humanity and i and i can never fathom it like even even if i try like even it goes beyond my imagination how much love he truly has for you and me that that you know god sent his son to die for you that God loves you so, so much, that Jesus Christ loves you so, so much, that the Holy Spirit loves you so, so much. Like they love you so much that I can't even fathom it. Just give it a shot, man, like I did. Look at me. <laughs> Having God in your side just allows you to see things from a different angle. No matter how much we reach our hands to God, it'll never gonna reach. But once your heart is open, his arms is long enough to reach you from heaven to earth. Just test it try it you know like i dare you like i challenge you like just in your own way in your own words just call on to jesus like just say jesus if you're real pull up like manifest yourself show up give me a sign do your own research don't go on reddit and just do like 30 seconds worth of scouring people's opinions do your research god wants a personal relationship with you it was just, just simply like Jesus just loves you so much. He wants to eat dinner with you, basically. But he's not going to force himself inside of your house to eat dinner with you. He stands at the door. He stands outside of your house and he knocks on the door. And he's just saying, like, whenever you're ready, I'm here. And, you know, I hope it's not through a very crazy incident that makes you kind of just realize, like, dang, I think I need God. I hope it's, you know... You, you just come to the realization that it's Jesus that you need and it's Jesus that will fulfill every single need that you have. You're lost and you're looking for that North Star. Like for me, Jesus was that North Star. Like I was lost in the woods. I didn't know where to go. And that North Star for me was finding Jesus. And I found I found not only myself, my power, but what what he wanted me to be. Look for that North Star. Jesus, Jesus for me was that North Star, and I know Jesus for you will be that North Star. I would just say there is so much joy. Like, coming, like, I was in a deep ditch of depression and anxiety and, like, looking for peace in all the wrong places, looking for peace in men and drinking and smoking. And I know what it is to be looking for these things. I know what it is to be yearning, like, just so deeply yearning for peace, for love, for acceptance, for just being acknowledged. And I haven't been able to find that in anybody else but God. And you don't, I didn't know true love until I met God. And listen, I'm loved by so many around me. I am thankful and I am blessed for that. But the way that I am loved by God is uncomparable. It's like there's, there's nothing else that can compare to that. You think you know what's good, but you don't know what's good till God got you. You don't know what's good until God shows you that he is the good. He is the great I am. He is the best. He is the best you will ever have. Like, forget what Drake said. Like, <laughs> God is the best you will ever have. And that's point blank period. That's the end of it. So there's a bigger purpose that God has for you that he's right now calling you to that purpose. And and maybe, maybe you're watching this video right now and, and 
But there's a purpose, you know, into this, that you're listening to this right now. God is going to protect you, you know. Maybe you feel right now that you're not protected. Maybe you feel right now that you're not loved. But listen, once you give your life to Jesus, it's going to be like a complete and it's going to be like a whole new chapter in your life. Whatever you're carrying, he can lift it right off. And whatever circumstance that you're going through, that you may be in, if you feel like there's no way out, just hold on. Because you're not done yet.